ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on from where we left off last time hadith of Aisha radiyallahu anha qalat kana yakunu alayya sawmu min ramadhan fama astati'u an aqdiya illa fi sha'ban Aisha radiyallahu anha she says that there used to be days left that I had to make up from Ramadan and I never used to be able to do them up until Sha'ban so the month just before the next Ramadan من جملة العذار التي يفطر من أجلها في رمضان يفطر من أجلها في رمضان الحيض بالنسبة للمرأة الحيض والنفاس so as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says that from amongst the reasons that it is allowed to miss fasting in Ramadan for the women is the period or the postnatal bleeding فالحائض والنفساء يجب عليهم الإفطار so the woman on the period or on the postnatal bleeding, it is a must that she must miss the fasting. She cannot fast when she's on the period or the postnatal bleeding. So it is a must that they miss. And it is not valid. For a woman on the period or on the postnatal bleeding, their prayer is not valid and their fasting is not valid at that time. Al Musafir, another category who can miss the fasting, iftar. The traveller, it is allowed for him to miss if he wants. وَأَمَّا الْحَائِضُ وَالنُّفَسَ فَيَجِبُ عَلَيْهِمَ الْإِفْطَارِ وَلَا يَصِحُ مِنْهُمَ الصِّيَامِ But as for the woman, like we've said, on the period of the postnatal bleeding, they must miss the fasting, and it is not going to be correct or valid from them. لِأَنَّ الصَّوْمَ مَعَ الْحَيْضِ يُضْعِفُ الْمَرْأَةِ Because fasting, when on the period, weakens the woman. لِأَنَّهَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهَا الدَّمَ الَّذِي فِيهِ حَيَاتُهَا وَنَشَاطُهَا Because at the time of the period the blood is exiting from the woman which her energy would be in that energy is being sapped away at that time يَخْرُجُ مِنْهَا الدَّمَ الَّذِي بِهِ غِذَاءُ جِسْمِهَا That blood is exiting which would have given energy to her فَإِذَا اجْتَمَعَ الصَّيَامِ مَعَ خُرُوجِ الدَّمِ تَحْسُلُ الْمَشَقَّةِ الْعَظِيمَةِ So if a woman had to fast at the time of the period, that would be a great burden upon her. 
ومن رحمة الله جل وعلا أنه أوجب الإفطار على الحائض. So from the mercy of Allah that He obligated upon the woman who is on the period to have to miss the fasting that time. ومنعها من الصوم and has prevented a woman who's on the period to fast. ولو صامت لم يصح صومها. Even if she did fast, it wouldn't be valid. It wouldn't count. وَأَيْضًا وَضَعَ عَنْهَا الصَّلَاةِ Also the prayer is dropped from the woman who's on the period. فَلَا تُصَلِّ مُدَّةَ الْحِيضِ So she doesn't pray during the time of the period. فَإِذَا انْقَضَتْ الْحِيضَ So when the period finishes, فَإِنَّهَا تَقْضِ الصِّيَامُ وَلَا تَقْضِ الصَّلَاةِ She will make up the fasting but not the prayer. لأن الصلاة تتكرر في اليوم والليلة فلو وجب عليها القضاء فقد تكون عادتها أيام كثيرة شق عليها قضاء الصلوات because prayer is five times daily so her period could be several days that would end up a lot of prayers to make up and it would be a burden upon the woman so the prayers she does not have to make up because of their repetitive nature and how many of them there are. But as for the fasting, it doesn't repeat, it's just one per day. So that can be made up the one fast per day that she misses. And that is by consensus of the scholars. That a woman makes up the fasting but does not make up the prayer. Nobody opposed that except a group of the khawarij. They make it obligatory upon the woman who missed because of period to make up the prayers too. And this is misguidance. لأن الخوارج كما تعلمون ليس عندهم فقه because the خوارج as you know they do not have any understanding وليس عندهم علم بدين الله عز وجل and they don't have any knowledge of the religion of Allah فهم so they يقعون في الاجتهادات الضالة الخاطئة they end up falling into misguided conclusions misguided conclusions وَمِنْهَا هَذِهِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ And this is one of those issues where they've come to a misguided conclusion upon their lack of understanding and comprehension and made it obligatory upon the woman to make up her prayers as well as the fasts. أَمَّا جُمْهُورُ الْأُمَّةِ وَعُلَمَاءِ الْأُمَّةِ وَفُقَهَاؤُهَا فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يَرَوْنَ مَشْرُوعِيَةِ قَضَاءِ الصَّلَاةِ أَصْلًا as for the majority of the scholars, then they do not consider the legitimacy of making up prayer in any case. They only obligate upon her the making up of the fasting, not the prayer at all. And one time a woman came to Aisha, radiyallahu anha, sa'alatha, she came and she asked her, 
ما بال الحائض تقضي الصوم ولا تقضي الصلاه she said how come the woman on the period has to make up the fasting but not the prayer فقالت لها ام المؤمنين رضي الله عنها سعائشه رضي الله عنها ستها احروريه انت are you from the khawarij حروري one of the names يعني هل انت من الخوارج لان هذا سؤال غريب she said are you from the khawarij because this was a strange question to ask فقالت لست بحروريه ولكني اسال so that woman said i'm not from the khawarij but i'm just asking قالت كان يصيبنا ذلك so Aisha said that used to happen to us i.e. the period used to happen فنؤمر بقضاء الصوم so we used to be commanded to make up the fasts from those days ولا نؤمر بقضاء الصلاة but we were not commanded to make up the prayer and these types of hadith when the sahaba say we were commanded to do x y and z and the scholars they say that is in reference directly to the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ commanded them to make up the fasts, but did not command them to make up the prayers. And the religion is not based upon your intellect, your opinion. The religion is based upon evidences and following and emulating the Prophet ﷺ. فعائشه رضي الله عنها انكرت هذا السؤال عائشه رضي الله عنها she rejected this question فلما تثبتت منها so then when she established that this woman wasn't from the خوارج والشارع نعم اجابتها then she answered her بان هذا امر يرجع فيه الى الشرع that this is an affair that you return back to the Sharia too. Regarding making up fasting, making up prayer, it's an issue you return back to the Sharia for. And the Sharia tells us, Allah has commanded us to make up the fasting for the woman on the period who misses them, but not to have to make up the prayer. So the woman who's on the period misses those days, and when she is pure from her period, then she will fast the rest of the month whatever's left and when the month finishes then after that after Eid etc she will make up those days that she had left and the time that is available to her to make up those days is long all the way up until next Ramadan وقته ما بين الرمضانين لأن عائشة رضي الله عنها أخبرت في هذا الحديث وكان هذا على عهد النبي صلى أنها يكون عليها القضاء من رمضان فلا تقضيه إلا في شعبان. So عائشة رضي الله عنها said and this was at the time of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم when he was alive that she used to have days left to make up and she never got around to doing them up until the Sha'ban that followed. Meaning, just the month before the next Ramadan. 11 months later, she finally made up those days. And the Prophet knew that and acknowledged that, that it was okay for her to do that, to make up those days from last Ramadan all the way almost a year later just before next Ramadan that it is okay 
فدل على أن قضاء رمضان موسع ما بين الرمضانين حديث therefore indicates that you have all of that time available it is allowed any time all the way up until the next Ramadan you can make up your days of the previous Ramadan قالوا إلا إذا لم يبقى على رمضان جديد إلا قدر الأيام التي يجب قضاؤها حين إذن يتعين القضاء So you have the option of making up those days anytime up until the next Ramadan So imagine you have seven days to make up You can make up those seven days anytime all the way up until next Ramadan if there's only a week left, like now, now there's only a week left till next Ramadan starts, next week. And you got seven days to left, seven days still left to make up. That means you have to start fasting now. Now there's no option left. There's only seven days left, eight days left to Ramadan. You've got seven days left to make up. You have to start fasting obligation now. Istihadah. The bleeding which is not period, it is the additional bleeding that may occur for other reasons. It is not the period bleeding. Then a woman prays and a woman fasts. That is only the period. Otherwise, the other type of bleeding, the istihadah, a woman makes the wudu, makes sure she is pure and she prays and therefore she fasts. So you're not supposed to let the next Ramadan come before you made up the days of the last Ramadan. Unless you have some reason, for example, you've been ill all year, or a woman, for example, she's been pregnant, she's been breastfeeding, there could be reasons why you've not made up your fasts all the way till next Ramadan begins. So if a person had a legitimate reason, like he's been ill all year, or a woman's been pregnant or breastfeeding all year, then you're going to fast this next Ramadan that comes, and then after it you'll make up the days of the last Ramadan. Because then you have a legitimate reason not to be able to make up before the new Ramadan begins. But if you delay and don't make them up without any reason, until the next Ramadan starts, then you're gonna fast this new Ramadan which has now come. Then you will have to make up those last days from the last Ramadan after this next Ramadan now because you left it too late and it started already you'll have to finish it then after this Ramadan you'll have to make up those days from the last Ramadan and you will have to do an expiation now because you didn't make them up before this Ramadan started without any reason so the Sahaba some of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they mentioned that the kafara, the expiation is that you have to feed a poor person for every day too. You have to make it up still and feed a poor person for every day too. Al-Qadha, 
لا يسقط عنه في حال من الأحوال وهو يستطيع ويجب عليه مع القضاء إطعام مسكين لأنه مفرط في تأخيره أما إذا كان معذورا بين الرمضانين فإنه يكفي القضاء وليس عليه كفارة So if you didn't have any reason and you were just lazy and you kept putting it off and then the next Ramadan came and you haven't made up those days then you're going to fast this next Ramadan usual and then after Eid you're going to have to make up those days of the last Ramadan and you're going to have to feed a poor person for each of those days too. That is the fatwa of some of the Sahaba. If you had a reason, you were ill, you were pregnant, you were breastfeeding, etc. and you couldn't make them up all the way till next Ramadan came, nothing upon you after that Ramadan, you just make them up as normal, no expiation. وعائشة رضي الله عنها كانت تؤخر القضاء إلى أن لا يبقى قبل رمضان إلا قدر الأيام التي عليها وقد بيّنت السبب عائشة رضي الله عنها she used to have some days left to make up and she would make them up right at the end in شعبان just before the days enough days left before رمضان starts and she had a reason and she mentioned it she said, لِمَكَانِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى الْعِسَلَّمِ لِأَنَّ الرَّسُولِ سَلَّمِ كَانَ يَأْتِيهَا وَيَحْتَاجْ إِلَىٰ أَنْ تَخْدُمَهُ وَإِلَىٰ أَنْ يَسْتَمْتِعْ بِهَا وَكَانَ يُحِبُّهَا حُبًّا شَدِيدًا رضي الله عنها وَلِذَلِكَ احْتَاجَتْ إِلَىٰ تَأْخِيرِ القضاء مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ تَتَفَرَّغَ إِلَىٰ الرَّسُولِ the station of the Prophet وسلم, uh, and that he used to love her a lot and she used to want to make sure that she was available to be in his presence and to aid him and to uh, accompany him and to do all of the various aspects that a wife would do with the husband and because of that station and the position of the Prophet وسلم, the nobility and the honor of the Prophet وسلم, she would want to make sure that she was always free for the Prophet and then she would make up the days right at the end just before the next Ramadan so the point of the narration is if a person has some genuine reason then it's allowed you can make up the days anytime all the way up until next Ramadan just before that next Ramadan starts it is allowed and that is permissible as in this narration of Aisha radiallahu anha of course, if a person has the ability, then you should not slack. This is an example of Aisha delaying it because of a reason. If you don't have any reason, you should fast. Do it as soon as you're able, as soon as you're possible, so you can remove that burden and that responsibility from yourself. Don't say, well, it's allowed all the way till Sha'ban, I'm going to purposely leave it till Sha'ban. In that case, why? If you have the ability, you have the chance to do it, then do it. If you don't and you get delayed up until late, then okay, it's still allowed. But if you have the chance, you should do it earlier. وعن عائشة رضي الله عنها The next hadith now. أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال That the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said من مات وعليه صيام صام عنه وليه that whoever dies and he still has days of fasting left to make up 
that the next of kin for that person makes them up for him. So imagine now a person had a week left of Ramadan, they had to make up. But after Eid they die and they never made up that week. So now the next of kin, the son, the father, somebody, the relative, makes up those days, fasts those days for that person instead. That's what the hadith says. But there is another hadith in Abu Dawood which says, Hada that this is only in the fasts for vowing. If somebody had vowed to fast some days and then they died before they did it, then you can make up those fasts for that person for the vow that they had made. عرفنا أن المفطر في رمضان يلزمه القضاء عدد الأيام التي عليه. We've already understood that a person who misses a certain number of days, he has to make up those days after Ramadan. لكن لو مات قبل أن يقضي ما عليه, but if he dies before making up those days, هذا إذا مات ما بين الرمضانين ليس عليه شيء. لأنهم وصع له فإذا مات قبل أن يأتي رمضان آخر فليس عليه شيء لكن لو أخر حتى أتى رمضان آخر ثم مات فهذا هو الذي محل البحث So now if a person missed a week from Ramadan last Ramadan they missed a week they have all the way up until this Ramadan to make up that week imagine they died before this Sha'ban. They died six months ago. Do they have days left to make up? They do, but did they still have time left to make it up? In that case, nothing upon them. That drops. That drops because they still had time left yet. And so they're not responsible for that. They had time. If they lived it, they could have still done it. So that person, it drops. Nothing upon them. But imagine that same person had seven days from last year all the way till this year Ramadan starts. He's been lazy, hasn't done it. So he fasts this Ramadan, all of it, but then each day he dies. Now, he's got seven days from last Ramadan which are upon him. He should have done them and his time ran out and now he is responsible for those seven days. Before he wasn't because he still had six months or however many months left yet. And he died already. So he's not responsible for that. He still had time to do it yet. But now the time has gone. So now the responsibility and the burden is definitely on him. But he died. So now the hadith says in that case, that definite responsibility which was on him now, is going to have to be made up by the next of kin. That's what this narration is talking about. It's not about somebody who just had days left to make up. Like the first scenario. In that first scenario, a person had some days left to make up and they are still within that year up to the next Ramadan and they die. So now nothing upon them because there was still time left yet they're not going to be responsible for that. There's no sin upon them for that. They could have done it later on yet, but they died. But imagine the time ran out and the next Ramadan came and then that person dies. Now the time had gone. 
and the responsibilities 100% on his shoulders he needed to have done those days. So now the next of kin should do them, the hadith says. So it says, Man mata wa alayhi sayam sama anhu That whoever dies and there is fasting upon him, then his next of kin fasts those days. Some of the scholars say the next of kin is specifically from those people who would have inherited from him. Not distant, distant relatives, but the close relatives who would be from the inheritors from that person. Other scholars say it doesn't make a difference. Any relative could do that. Any uh, next of kin could do that, even if they were not from the inheritors. فَهَذَا مِنْ بَابِ الْإِحْسَانِ أَيْضًا مَا يَلْزَمِ الْوَلِي أَنْ يَسُومَ عَنْهُ وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ مِنْ بَابِ الْإِحْسَانِ إِبْرَاءً ذِمَّةِ الْمَيِّتِ إِبْرَاءً ذِمَّةِ الْمَيِّتِ So this is from the goodness that you would do for that deceased person. Because there's no obligation upon you. You're not going to be a sinner. It's their fasting. But it's the goodness that you do for that person that you would fast on their behalf for those days that they failed to do when the next Ramadan had come. And then a person who else can do it from the people who he knows. Next of kin, that's why one opinion says anybody can be. It doesn't have to be from the inheritors. Any of his relatives or anybody from the known people to him. Somebody who does goodness towards him and makes up those days. But we're going to come to this topic of whether the opinions are, what the opinions are about this yet. The hadith says that the person should make up the fast for that individual who died. So, and that's only optional, like we said, nobody has to make up those fasts for that person. You're not going to be a sinner if you don't. It's not obligatory upon you. It's just goodness that you do for that person. It's not obligatory. وهذا الحديث يدل على دخول النيابة في قضاء الصيام. So this hadith, as it stands, appears to indicate that you can fast on behalf of somebody else. Because there are certain acts of worship you cannot do for other people, like prayer. You can't pray on behalf of somebody else. But fasting, it indicates you can fast on behalf of somebody else. Normally the rule is physical actions, normally physical actions generally you cannot do them on behalf of other people. And obviously fasting, uh, prayer for example, prayer is a physical action so you cannot fast on behalf of somebody. Fasting is a physical action so typically that should not be allowed to be done for somebody else. And some scholars, they say that. They take the opinion, you cannot fast on behalf of somebody else. You cannot fast on behalf of other people. There's no such thing as fasting for somebody else. Some people, some scholars, they take that opinion. من العلماء من ذهب إلى هذا وقال لا يصام عن الميت لأن الصيام عمل بدني والعمال البدني لا تدخلها النيابة 
So some of them say this is a physical act of worship and you cannot have anybody doing it on behalf of anybody else. That's the normal rule. There are some exceptions like Umrah, Hajj, etc. But the normal rule is physical actions of worship like that. You can't do them on behalf of somebody else. So some scholars, they take that opinion. They say there is no such thing as being able to fast on behalf of somebody else. That is an opinion. But then there is another opinion which says you can. You can fast on behalf of somebody else. You can fast on behalf of another person. So in this kind of situation, if somebody's got days left to make up, you can fast on their behalf and make up those days for them. Whether it is obligatory fasting or a vow type of fasting or whichever variation of the fasting, you can do it on behalf of somebody else. Because there are two main things about fasting. There is the obligatory fasting, which is obligatory by default in the Sharia. And then there is obligatory fasting, which is not obligatory by default in the Sharia. Obligatory fasting by default in the Sharia, like Ramadan. Obligatory fasting which was not default in the Sharia, like if somebody makes a vow, if somebody makes a vow to fast on a particular day, that vow now makes that an obligatory fast, but it wasn't obligatory in the default of the Sharia. Somebody vows they're going to fast uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow isn't a Shari day which is obligatory to fast. But if somebody vows they're going to fast tomorrow, now it's obligatory for them. So there's two types there. Obligatory by default in the Sharia. And obligatory but not by default in the Sharia. Obligatory because you've ended up making it obligatory. You vowed it etc. So some scholars say you can only make up fasts on behalf of somebody else for the ones that are not obligatory by default in the Sharia. Like for example, the vowing. On that opinion, it would mean you cannot make up days of Ramadan for somebody else because days of Ramadan are obligatory in the Sharia by default. That's two opinions that exist amongst the scholars too. Fasting which is obligatory by default you cannot do on behalf of somebody else. Others they say, uh, uh, the other opinion is, fasting of any type you can do on behalf of somebody else. Default in the Sharia or not. So you have those two main opinions. Why do some scholars say it is only fasting which is not by default obligatory in the Sharia? Because these narrations about fasting on behalf of somebody else, there are various versions of them which indicate they are all talking about the vowing type of fast, which is obviously a fast which is not obligatory by default in the Sharia. So they say based upon those evidences, all indicating the vowing fast, we can't generalize that and start including the Ramadan fasts. All the hadith are indicating the vowing one. 
So okay, the vowing one, you can do it on behalf of somebody else, but we can't generalize those hadith unto the Ramadan ones too. That is what some of them say. So it is mentioned, قَدْ جَاءَ فِي بَعْضَ الرِّوَايَاتِ عِنْدَ أَبِي دَاوُدِ وَحَتَّى عِنْدَ الْبُخَارِ that in some of the versions of this hadith, whoever dies and he has fasting left to make up, then his next of kin should do it. There are some versions in Abu Dawood, even in Bukhari, where it says, Man mata wa alayhi anhu Whoever dies and he has fasts of vowing left to make up, then his next of kin should do them. قَالُوا مَنْ مَاتَوْ عَلَيْهِ سَوْمُ سَوَاءً كَانَ مِنْ رَمَضَانِ أَوْ بِنَظَرْ فَإِنَّ وَلِيَّهُ يَسُومَ عَنْهُ لِعُمُومِ الْحَدِيثِ الَّذِي فِي الصَّحِحِينَ But other scholars, they said, but look, the hadith which is generally in Bukhari and Muslim doesn't specify that. It just says, whoever dies and he's got fasting left to make up, then his next of kin does it. That one is general, it's in Bukhari and Muslim too. General doesn't specify anything about vowing. So some scholars take that opinion. They say, look, it's a general hadith. It doesn't specify anything. So you can leave it open for default fasts or non-default fasts, Ramadan, vowing, etc. As for the narrations that mention the vowing, then the scholars who take the opinion that any type is okay, they say those narrations are just giving examples. They are not specifying. So when the narration says whoever's got days of vowing left to make up, then the next of kin can make them up. The vowing is just mentioned there as an example. It's like saying whoever's got days of fasting left, for example, like vowing days, then the next of kin can make them up. The vowing thing is just being used as an example. So that's why some of the scholars say you can't specify it to just vowing ones. That's just an example in the hadith. It's not a specification. Other scholars say no, it's clearly a specification. Whoever's got the vowing fast left, then you can make it up for him. So that's why some scholars say it's only for the default, uh, non-default ones like vowing. Because they believe it is specification in these narrations. Others they say no, it's generalized. These are just examples that are being given. It's still open to everything. And therefore they say any type of fasting can be done. Your intention cannot be combined. Your intention primarily has to be of the obligatory fast. Any other day if it comes into it then inshallah ta'ala whatever reward comes but your primary intention is going to be the the, the qada uh, when making up so if it happens to be on a monday inshallah maybe something for the monday but your primary intention is that you're making up your day of ramadan that primary intention cannot be compromised with other intentions equally or mixed with it so when you fast the making up days of ramadan you make the intention for the making up days of ramadan Happens to be a Monday, happens to be a Thursday, that's a secondary thing. Uh, so, as we said, some scholars, they say, only fasts which are not obligatory by default can be made up by somebody. 
and not other types. Uh, because they say when you make a vow, that is like a debt. You've made a vow to Allah to do something. So you're in debt. You've got to fulfill that debt. You've got to fulfill that vow. And so that type can be done. And this is the opinion of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and ibn al-Qayyim. And there is a hadith when a woman came to the Prophet and she said that my mother has days of vowing left to make up. Should I fast for her? The Prophet said, if she had a debt to pay off, would you have paid it off? He said, yes. So the Prophet said, Allahu ahaqqu. Allah is more deserving and has more right that his debt be paid off. So that was the hadith that they use as well. And that's going to be mentioned here next. An Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma قال جاء رجل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال يا رسول الله إن أمي ماتت وعليها صوم شهر أفأقضيه عنها فقال لو كان على أمك دين كنت قاضيه عنها قال نعم قال فدين الله حق أن يقضى وفي رواية جاءت امرأة إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقالت يا رسول الله إن أمي ماتت عليها صوم نظر أفأصوم عنها فقال أرأيت لو كان على أمك دين فقضيته أكان ذلك يؤدي عنها فقالت نعم قال فصومي عن أمك So in this narration it mentions a man came to the Prophet and said that O Messenger of Allah my mother died and she had fasting of a month to do should I do that on her behalf the Prophet said if there was a debt upon your mother would you have covered that debt and done it he said yes so the Prophet said the debt of Allah is more deserving to be paid off so do it fast on her behalf in the second version it says a woman came to the Prophet and she said oh messenger of Allah my mother died and she had some days of vowing fasts to make up should I do them on her behalf the Prophet said, if your mother had a debt, would you have paid it off for her? Would that have counted? She said, yes. So the Prophet said, in that case, fast on behalf of your mother. So these narrations and this second version in particular, then it highlights the opinion that this making up of days on behalf of somebody else, it should only be if it is days that are not default obligatory but as we said there is the other opinion that scholars say any type of days even the Ramadan ones if a person didn't make them up and the next Ramadan came in then you could make those days up for that person too then after that عن سهل بن سعد الساعدي رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يزال الناس بخير ما عجل الفطر that the people will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten to open their fasts on time the people will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten to open their fasts on time هذا من آداب الصيام so this is from one of the etiquettes of fasting من آداب الصيام تأخير السحور وتعجيل الفطر 
the etiquette of fasting is to delay the suhoor till right at the end just before the close time before the fajr time enters and to hasten with the iftar as soon as maghrib comes open the fast straight away so you're supposed to delay the suhoor meal all the way until right there when the fajr time is about to start and in that hadith we covered it before the gap between the suhoor ending and the prayer happening was how long it takes you to recite 50 ayahs of the quran a few minutes and as for the iftar it is supposed to be done immediately as soon as maghrib enters open the fast and the hadith says whoever does that they will remain upon goodness the ummah will remain upon goodness as long as they do that as for the suhoor, you're supposed to delay it all the way up until the fajr time is about to start. And as for the iftar, then you do it as soon as you know the sun has gone down. Either by physically seeing the sun has gone, or by overwhelming uh, thought that in the distance now it's covered up everything. You're, you're certain it's gone down, so you can open even though you can't physically see. So either you physically see it or with everything there you are certain it's gone down uh, and so then you open your fast or if somebody informs you authentic reliable information that the sun has gone down and it is not permissible to extend beyond that you should not do what some people do in some mosques even after sunset they delay for another 20 minutes half an hour they say let's make sure let's make sure the sun has definitely gone down because when the sun goes down does it go dark straight away no in the hadith the companions they said we used to pray maghrib then go outside and fire the arrow and we could see where it goes and where it lands so that means even after maghrib prayer when they went outside it was still fairly light you could still throw your arrow fire your arrow and see where it goes and where it lands so it's not going to get pitch black at Maghrib time straight away. It takes time for it to get dark and the light to disappear. So some people, they have doubts. They say, look, it still looks a bit light. Let's leave it another 20 minutes, half an hour. Let it get it dark, then we'll open the fast. That's incorrect. When Maghrib time comes and you know Maghrib time has come, then you're supposed to open the fast and not delay beyond that. But if you do what the people do, you make the suhoor very early as they do, they make their close time two hours before Fajr, and they make the iftar late, half an hour after Maghrib, then they've done the complete opposite of what the sunnah says. And that is bid'ah then. It becomes bid'ah. Bid'ah what they are doing to make the suhoor so early, two hours before Fajr, saying let's be careful, and then opening the fast half an hour, one hour after Maghrib, let's be careful. They are doing bid'ah. The sunnah tells you to do the complete opposite. All of that is incorrect. Because look, those same mosques, 
Right now you look at their Fajr, they pray Fajr at 4 a.m. 4.30 a.m. Then in two, in one week from now, next Monday, all of a sudden their timetable, MashaAllah, Fajr starts at 1.32 a.m. In space of one, not even one week, all the way till next Saturday or something, Sunday, their Fajr will be 4, 4.30 a.m. Then Monday or Tuesday when Ramadan starts, suddenly it's gone back by one and a half hours, two hours. How does Fajr change by two hours in one night? So all of that they're doing is wrong because it's precaution, they say, precaution. They're going against the Sunnah. When Fajr time enters, then you stop your eating, not two hours before saying precaution. So all of that is wrong. In the hadith it says, La yazalu nasu that the people will remain upon goodness as long as they hasten to open their fast and they do not delay in opening the fast. Uh, so eating and drinking suhoor is allowed all the way up until the fajr time starts and maghrib uh, the iftar it starts as soon as the sun sets so that is what a person should do with his suhoor and iftar if the sun goes down in an elevated place like imagine there's a, 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 a some mountains and it goes down beyond the mountains you can't see it anymore that isn't going to be sunset because all these mountains are there, all it's done is gone behind the mountains yet, but it's still in the sky. If you just look up above the mountains, it's there yet. So the Shaykh says it's got to be that it goes beyond, below the horizon, not above some high elevated mountain or building or something goes down behind the building, you say it's sunset. But behind the building, it's still there yet. So it's got to go down the horizon, and that is what's considered a sunset. In the hadith he also mentions hadith of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu qal qala rasulullah sallam iza aqbala al-laylu minha huna wa adbara al-nahar minha huna faqad aftara al-sahib that if the night comes from here and the day finishes from there then the fasting person opens his fast when the night starts coming from here and the day finishes from there that's it, the fasting person opens his fast. So that is a clear narration again from Umar ibn al-Khattab indicating you do not delay the iftar. When the sunset occurs and that time is understood, then you open your fast. And it doesn't depend on the adhan. If the adhan is being done on time, excellent. Then you open your fast as soon as the adhan happens. If a mu'adhin somewhere, for example, was doing it wrong, he's doing it too late. Then you open your fast on time, even if he's doing his adhan 10 minutes, 20 minutes later. Or the opposite, he's doing it too early and you know it's too early. So you can't open your fast until you know the time has occurred for sunset. So the mu'adhin is supposed to do the adhan on time. But if he doesn't, then you open your fast on time, regardless of where the mu'adhin is doing what. But inshallah ta'ala, the adhan is done on time. And so you open your fast at the time of the Adhan for Maghrib. That's where we we'll round off for today. Next week we'll start on the next hadith, the next section which talks about the continuous fasting and then it talks about the three days 
in the middle of every month. Uh, and so there's a few more hadith coming up. We'll uh, carry on from that next section next week, inshallah ta'ala. And notice now the lesson slightly earlier. Not 7 o'clock anymore. Next week again, try and get here for about 6.30. Let everybody know and remember that now for the next few weeks now. Ramadan as well coming. We need to finish a bit earlier before Maghrib. So from next week around about 6.30ish. Try and be here 6.30, 6.40. We'll start earlier insha'Allah. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad ala alihi wa So they, they missed some days and they didn't know they had to make them up. Usually in that type of situation, there wouldn't be additional kafara. Because it is jahl. A person is often forgiven upon jahl of things or forgetfulness of things. This is like a khata. A person doesn't realize he just didn't know. He was ignorant of something. So normally there wouldn't be an additional kafara. It would just be the normal uh, making up of those days. The normal making up, it would appear to be the case. He has those days left to make up. He was practicing, he was fasting, but he missed some days. And he didn't know that you have to make up days. So then those days he should make them up. Make up those days because they don't drop off a person. He was practicing at the time, he was everything, but he just missed some days, then they are in his responsibility. He should make up the days, but Allah Alam, it appears there wouldn't be a kafara upon him in that situation with the excuse of ignorance. Whatever the person can remember as the definite amount, as the upper limit of it, he thinks it's definitely no more than a week each time, for example, so 21 days. Whatever that person can generally work out, then what he's done, he does. All right, we'll carry on next week, inshallah.